Okay, so inbound marketing as a codified methodology of marketing has been around for 10 years and is still constantly evolving to match the behavior of your prospects and how they make buying decisions. In this episode of Inbound Buzz, I review the new State of Inbound 2017 report, what's changed, what it means for you, and what the future of inbound marketing holds. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, and thank you once again for joining me on the show. You're listening to episode number 65, and I hope you're well, and I hope you're positive, And before I jump into this mammoth 46-page behemoth of a report, let me kick into a little bit of news. Now, in our last non-interview episode, episode 63, we spoke about remarketing finally arriving to LinkedIn, right? It's been around for a long time on Google and even Facebook, and finally LinkedIn's come into the year 2017. And we, we spoke how it can do some really cool things, like even link up with your CRM system, or even something as simple as uploading a, an Excel CSV and targeting whoever you want if you have their email address, if they're on LinkedIn. Now, some more LinkedIn news. Today, I wanted to talk to you about another new development, a, another thing LinkedIn has quote-unquote borrowed from its competitions, uh, from its competitors rather, and that's LinkedIn lead gen forms. For those of you who know what Facebook leads are, it's exactly that, but on LinkedIn. So this is how it works. Someone sees an ad for your ebook or to sign up to, say, a webinar, right? Something where you, uh, you know, are in a position to ask for an email address. So they see your form. It's pre-filled with all their LinkedIn information. And with a single click, they click on it and they instantly complete the form and they get whatever they've you know, opted in for. Now, in terms of downloading those leads, you can go into Campaign Manager, and you know, look, this is kind of 2015. It sounds quite quite archaic, but this is the way you do it. You go into LinkedIn Campaign Manager, and you download the actual leads from there. Why it doesn't send you a an automated response is beyond me, but that's the way to currently do it. Now, it, it suffers from a problem I did mention a couple of weeks ago as well, and that's sort of the lack of integration. Currently, it only integrates with the ripoff of marketing automation world, um, Oracle Eloqua, or if you use Zapier to connect, um, you can use Zapier to connect to your CRM system, but you will need LinkedIn Premium, and it, I think in Australia, it's anywhere from uh, $20, $30 and upwards. So there's sort of that limitation. There are apparently integrations coming if you are on Marketo, or Microsoft Dynamics 365, but they are not here yet. Now, this is fantastic, right? If you're in this space where your uh, personas are on LinkedIn, you can imagine how perfect this is for you. LinkedIn is the number one network when it comes to identifying titles or job roles. So it's fantastic for that, right? You know who they are, you can give them an offer. And the whole thing around just one click, right? On a good day, it's hard to get people to fill forms. People aren't bothered. Forms are increasingly having problems in terms of completion rates. So this is just one of those things that lowers the 
you know, the barrier to entry. It's the path of least resistance. So it, it's perfect for that. And I'll also link in the show notes to a, uh, a news release by LinkedIn that talks about lead gen ads and how you get started. So look out for that. Okay, let's jump straight into what I wanted to talk to, be, talk to you about today. And that's the new state of inbound report. Now, this is a report that comes out every single year. It's commissioned by HubSpot. It's available to download already at stateofinbound.com. Now, it's a, you know, almost a 50-page report that HubSpot's developed by analyzing the top challenges and priorities uh, facing marketers and sales reps today. Now, they come up with this report, and it's really, really important, and you'll see why. It's important to see who actually fills this thing out, where these insights are coming from. So this year, uh, 6,399 professionals in 141 countries filled this thing. And in fact, this is particularly interesting for our, for our Australian audience. 28% of those respondents were from the Australian and New Zealand region, which was the second biggest segment behind Asia. And the other key thing to note before I dive into this is 88% of everybody who completed this was not a HubSpot customer. So that's interesting to note as well. Also, this year there's more about future trends and what you need to stay on top of. So it's definitely one to jump into stateofinbound.com if you want to dive through the 46-page thing. But like a lot of us, if you don't have time to jump into this 46-page thing, then you can just listen right here. So what I'll do is, uh, I think I might do this over two parts. Today I'll talk about four key insights or four key things that I picked up in the state of 2017 uh, report that I want to elaborate on. And next time we do another monologue episode in two weeks time, I'll jump into a couple of other things. Now, one thing I won't do, right? One thing I won't do is talk about those things that are interesting, right? So, you know, things like, oh, it's interesting that, you know, 50% of marketers want to increase their marketing spend next year. It's like, well, that's interesting, but whoop-de-doo, what does it mean for me? So I've tried to stay away for, from those types of interesting things and point out, you know, pull out four key things and recommendations or insights, what it actually means for us in 2017 as marketers. What do we do with this information? Now, the first thing is there are huge inefficiencies in the sales process. And automation is the answer. And I say that because the top two priorities for sales, now this thing goes over marketing and sales, you know, challenges and trends for both marketing and sales teams. The top two priorities for sales globally was close more deals and improve the efficiency of the sales funnel. This was on page eight. In terms of things that are getting more difficult now, than they were only two or three years ago. So this was a key question. What are key activities or things that are more difficult now than they were two, three years ago? Getting a response from prospects was key. Three out of the five regions, which included North America, uh, ANZ, for those regions, it was the biggest factor. I find it interesting that 88% of everyone who answered this thing wasn't a HubSpot customer. And chances are a lot of those aren't automating their sales and marketing processes. The short takeaway of this is marketing automation is the answer. Especially from the sales side, it does a few key things to this point to reduce those inefficiencies, to improve the efficiency of the sales funnel, and you know the biggest factor, closing more deals. Firstly, it gives you visibility around the sales funnel. You can take all your customers and on average see what content they consumed most, right? You know, use them as a data set. What content did they consume 
most? What pages did they visit? How many times did a sales rep have to contact them? How many emails did they have to open? How many pages did they visit? Um, you know, how many videos did they uh, actually watch and what videos it was. So you can actually build a profile and that's often one of the best ways to start. Sure, you can do a lot of proactive things once you, you know, commence marketing automation. But one of the key things you need to do, and you should do this if you already have it, particularly on HubSpot, is actually profile your customers. Look for those trends. Now, often with trends, you don't know what you're looking for until you're looking for it, but the beauty with HubSpot is it has all that information. You can actually go through and post the fact, see what is the profile of a customer. Now, secondly, workflows are your friend. Go back to episode 63, that was just two episodes ago, where I spoke about my favorite workflows. You know, workflows such as uh, automated emails, emails that send the right message at the right time, for instance, um, sending content about a subject the exact time someone is browsing a page about that subject is super powerful. And marketing automation does that, and that's how it closes the loop. In the report, HubSpot also asks sales reps what their biggest challenge in using CRM specifically was, which was interesting. And, you know, it's interesting, but you can do something with it. And that was manual data entry. Okay, so a crazy 57% of respondents spend one hour per day on data entry. That's five hours a week. That's 20 hours a month. That's insane. And that's why sales reps, let's be honest, hate CRMs or traditionally they hate CRMs. It used to be the whole, um, look, I'd rather spend time on the road and closing deals and making phone calls than spending an hour on this system. This is the thing, and not all hubs, not all CRMs are the same. So HubSpot, of course, has a CRM component, and you can make calls from the CRM with the app. You can make calls from the app with, uh, you know, a good CRM like HubSpot. You can send emails through that. You can even text through the system, which is great because, as you know, as a marketer, you can see all the touch points. You know, it takes seven to eight touch points for a prospect to become a lead. So you can see those touch points, and you can build that profile of a customer we spoke about earlier. But for a sales rep, it reduces manual data entry. It makes it easier for them to kill two birds with one stone. They've already done their task and it's recorded at the same time. Okay, the second thing I want to pull out was if you can align sales and marketing teams together, leads from inbound marketing will be the strongest. What I really liked about this report is not only do they ask questions, but they look at who's actually answering the question. What are the characteristics of people who answer the questions and do they answer a question differently? So for instance, they ask a question, which source provides the highest quality leads for your sales team? And some of the answers were inbound practices, self-sourced leads from the sales team, so they got these leads themselves, or outsourced or outbound practices. Now, they've got the results of that question. So 59% of respondents said inbound practices were where they got their highest quality leads from. 26% said self-sourced from the team. And 16% said outbound practices. Cool. But when you split that data in groups of organizations on one end that sales and marketing are completely misaligned, so they you know don't even probably talk to each other, versus companies where sales and marketing are working very tightly, they actually have service level agreements, the results are quite telling. So for tightly aligned sales and marketing teams, 
Inbound marketing as a source of quality leads was 66%. Now that's 7% higher than the 59% where just the general question was asked, where do you get your most quality leads from? For organizations where sales and marketing is misaligned, that's only 49%. So this tells us a few things. Firstly, service level agreements. The, the whole thing around service level agreements is that they're documented. And they know everything from the definition of a lead. What does a lead mean? What is the definition of a lead in terms of what marketing is actually providing the sales team? What are the metrics that we will be tracking together? How often will they be evaluated? And how often are we going to agree and review these goals? Um, particularly for things like revenue. So without a doubt, teams that actually do this, teams that integrate, they experience a higher ROI time and time again. And you find this not only in this report, but every time HubSpot ever runs this, teams that have service level agreements or are tightly aligned will always get the biggest bang for buck. You just can't do one without the other. You have to have sales and marketing together. Awesome. Okay, moving on to my third insight. Video is the unignorable disruptor that you don't have a choice to ignore. This is something I know I talk on and on about, and it's not an area that we're going to be slowing down on anytime soon. HubSpot references this. It gives it a whole you know, two-page spread. The report talks around talks about the fact that we've experienced a big shift in marketing where the primary channels you own, like email and website, are controlled by you. You know, they're your primary channels and you control them. Where now we're marketing across a variety of social and content publishing platforms that we don't own. You know, I'm not even talking about YouTube, but things like Medium and WhatsApp, and Facebook, groups, that whole plethora of things that it seems we need to jump on. Now, this begs the question, where do we prioritize our time? Because everything seems to warrant its own resources and time. In terms of video, it is the perfect bridge between your owned and controlled uh, content like email and website to the socials of Facebook and YouTube. This also reflects its diversity. You can get it anywhere. If you're creating video, you're Disin, uh, you're promoting it in email, you're having it on your website, but you're repurposing it on Facebook. You, you can even do Facebook live versions. The jump from the owned to, I guess, you know, content plat platforms and publishing platforms that you don't own is very, very small. The thing, the and I'm glad HubSpot actually really stresses this here, video is no longer really a choice. People are learning video, and by people, I'm talking about marketers and companies. They're building a culture of video and no longer seeing it as pay a dude once kind of activity. It's not paying someone once, they come in, they do all these beautiful videos, and they walk away. You have to build a culture of video. It's something Marcus Sheridan from the Hubcast talks about, and it's something that I've banged on about as well. In episode 60, sorry, episode 55 actually. I'll go into detail on how you can do video and do it yourself on a budget. The fourth and final insight is brands have a long way to go in the adoption of inbound marketing. Now here, I there was a study that I saw and I had to read three times because I didn't believe it. It was 71% of companies globally confirm that they conduct inbound marketing. In North America, it's 76%. And in the Australian New Zealand region, it's 68%. This was on page seven. So they're saying 71% of companies confirm that they're doing inbound marketing. And I'm like, I don't believe it. 
I really, really challenge this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, according to this report, when you look at lead sources, only 25% were from marketing. The rest were from sales reps, you know, sales reps sourcing their own leads and referrals. Okay, so if, if they're actually engaging in inbound marketing, you'd think it'd be a lot higher than 25%. Now, I work in this space. I literally speak to hundreds of businesses every year for those of uh, you who actually follow my career and what I do. I speak at a lot of events. And yes, you might find people who think they, they are engaging in inbound marketing. But then you dive a little bit deeper. You speak to them and you audit where is their marketing dollars, where are their marketing dollars actually being spent? Where's the lion's share of that being spent? Where is their time being spent? And a lot of that, more often than not, the majority is being spent on outbound marketing. So inbound marketing, yes, it's a process. It's understanding the buyer's journey, understanding your personas, and helping them with helpful content that pushes them down your buyer's journey. Yes, it's, it's about that, but they're not even doing that. So sure, maybe personas have been developed, and I've seen that, uh, and maybe there's a little bit of blogging going on, but most clients do not have a consistent strategy where content is being aligned to those various stages of the buyer's journey. They might be doing AdWords, but it's only bottom of funnel. Now, there's a bit of mis, uh, misconception in inbound marketing. Inbound marketing doesn't exclude paid media. It works hand in hand. The difference is, if you're engaging in inbound marketing, then instead of doing, instead of paying for AdWords for a diploma of community services, for example, you're also bidding on more top of funnel keywords like how do I become a social worker, for instance. Secondly, if you look at who was being interviewed, the biggest segment were marketing agencies, 18%, followed by other, followed by IT and services. Now, arguably, these people are more likely to be engaging in inbound marketing. So the point is, even if they are, it is not representative of the way people are engaging in inbound marketing. Or for me, it tells me that people think they are engaging in inbound marketing, but really they're not. Now, what's the implication or recommendation here? Here's the test. Are you consistently creating some form of top of funnel or middle of funnel content? I'm not even giving a percentage. I'm not saying, okay, is 10% or 20% of your content top of funnel or middle funnel? Not even that. Are you doing some of it? Do you know the types of things a prospect might be searching for or looking for in the top of funnel stage? For instance, consider laser eye surgery. A bottom of funnel term might be something like laser eye surgery Boston. Cool? So the person knows what they're looking for. But a top of funnel term or top of funnel question could be what causes poor eyesight? A middle of funnel question might be contact lenses versus laser eye surgery. So they're not even actually looking at laser eye surgery yet or laser eye surgery versus non-surgical forms of corrective uh, eye procedure or something like that. So the point is you've got to look at that honestly and ask yourself, are we hitting the various stages of the buyer's journey? And that is your litmus test for whether you are engaging in inbound marketing. On that note, we'll end it there. Hopefully you learned something from my review of the State of Inbound 2017 report. You can download the entire thing from stateofinbound.com. And if you enjoyed that, in another episode, I'll do a part two of some more insights and recommendations from the State of Inbound 2017 report. If you have any questions, you know where to reach me, at Moby Sadiq on Twitter, 
or moby at redpandas.com.au. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic week ahead. And I'll join you again for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.